along with it for the sake of time here. The story, <clears throat> the backdrop of the story is Matthew 12 gives us the same account that Luke gives us, of course, from their uh, particular perspective. But we understand by combining the stories together that there is a man that Jesus has to cast out some demons in. And this man had two issues. He was blind and he was unable to talk. So he had a blind spirit and a dumb spirit. He was blind and he was dumb. He could not see and he could not talk. So here's what Jesus does. Of course, he, he, he causes that man to be delivered. He comes along by the power of God, releases this man uh, from these evil spirits. He casts out these spirits that's been affecting him and attacking him, casts them out. And uh, now the Pharisees don't like it because you know, Jesus is doing it at the wrong time and he's affecting their whole religious system of things and their order. And they're not liking it, so they're slandering Jesus. They're talking about him and they're trying to catch him in some in some, uh, some little trap. And so they begin to say to him that you've cast out these devils by the power of Beelzebub. And Jesus says, that doesn't even make any sense. How's the devil gonna cast out the devil? How's divided against itself can't even stand? Don't even make sense, okay? And Jesus says now, you know, <clears throat> that don't make sense. He says now, but if I come along and cast out these devils or these demons, uh, by the finger or power of God, then the kingdom of God, God's way of doing things, has shown up. The kingdom of God has shown up. It's come unto you, he says. And then he goes on, he begins to talk uh, about, uh, as he goes on, he says, those who are with me, of course, um, those who are, who are with me uh, helps me, those who are not with me, they are against me and they scatter. And then he goes on and says something real critical. He says, now, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man's house, he goes into dry places seeking rest. And when he finds no rest, he comes back to, he calls it his house. He comes back to what he calls his house. And when he comes back, he finds it clean, cleaned and swept or garnished, swept and garnished. And then he, that spirit that was cast out, brings along with him seven additional spirits. And then the Bible says the state of that man or that house is worse than it was from the beginning. Everybody with me? Okay, now, the house represents the person that's under attack. We're talking, we said Ephesians 4 and verse number 27 says, neither give place to the devil. The devil can't take place. He can only get place when you and I give him place. Okay, he can't get in unless you and I let him in. All right, so we talked about the three things that causes the doors of that house to open, how we let him in. We said that he, he can, uh, the three things that can happen is we are dealing with uh, uh, iniquity, which deals with generational curses, um, crisis, and what's that third one? Ignorance. Those are the three things that can cause the door of a person's life to open. Okay? Gener uh, iniquity or generational curses, crisis, and ignorance, all right? Now, what are the actual doors that, that we allow to open? There are several doors, and uh, we've covered a number of them so far. We talked about the door of fear, okay? Door number one, door number two, we said was the spirit of error. Door number three, we said was the spirit of infirmity. That's a great one. 
That sticks out real, real strong. Door number four, we said, is the spirit of bondage. Door number five, we finished up last week, and we said was a perverse spirit. And door number six, of which we're on now, is the spirit of jealousy. And depending on how far we get with that spirit, the next door we're going to deal with is the spirit of heaviness. Okay? Door number seven will be the spirit of heaviness. Now, let's dig into the spirit of jealousy. Everybody ready? Okay, that's another door. All right. Um, we defined last week that the spirit of jealousy or jealousy is, anybody remember what we said? There is a re, the definition that we use, resentful of another person's advantage and being desirous of it. Okay, let me just add a little to that. Just add, not take away anything. Resentful of another person's advantage or success. Advantage or success. And is desirous of it. Okay, let me continue to add on this, and you'll see why I'm adding on this. Uh, another part of the definition, it means to be troubled by suspicious or fears of rivalry or unfaithfulness. I'll say it again. To be troubled by suspicious or fears of rivalry or unfaithfulness. Troubled by suspicious or fears of rivalry or unfaithfulness. Okay? Jealousy. Now, let me give you this word that helps us to understand jealousy, because if you look, if you're defining jealousy. And if you do some serious work in defining it, you will see a word that they use that also speaks of jealousy. And it's, it's the same word, except you remove the J off of jealousy and you put a Z there. Zealous. Zealousy or zealous, of which the root is zeal. The Bible speaks about having a zeal not according to knowledge, which is dangerous, okay? So looking at it from that perspective, having a zeal not according to knowledge, okay? Zeal then is unbridled passion, okay? Zeal, unbridled passion. Now, there's nothing wrong, we're not looking at zeal in a negative sense. It is only negative when it's not according to knowledge, when you don't have the proper knowledge, yea, even the wisdom, the harness that you need to govern the zeal. Zeal in and of itself is good because it is the desire, it is the passion, it is the driving force, it's the fire of the thing, okay? So it's unbridled passion, zeal. So 
when, you, when, you, when you're hearing that and you're understanding that, when the spirit of jealousy is on a person, then what's happening is this person is driven passionately with resentful feelings because another person has an advantage or is gaining or having success. And they don't think, that person don't think that they should deserve to have it. So they're driven, they're passionately driven in a resentful manner against another person because of their advantage or their success. And then when envy, which is also a part of that jealous, uh, a spirit of jealousy, when envy creeps in, not only am I jealous in a resentful manner, I'm resenting your advantage or your success, then I am covetous of it. Okay? Everybody shout, spirit of jealousy. That's what we're dealing with. That's that, that's that strong man that we're dealing with now. Okay? That's another strong man. That's another door, another strong man, another spirit, evil spirit. Okay? Everybody good? All right, let's keep moving. Now, the symptoms of the spirit of jealousy, and of course, we'll use, when I say symptoms, we'll, here's our basis. We're going to use Matthew 7 and 20. I've given, to, given you that before, Matthew 7 and 20, because Matthew 7 and 20 says, by the fruit shall you know them. A tree is known by its fruit. Okay? Everybody knows that an evil tree cannot bring forth good fruit. Corrupt tree cannot bring forth good fruit. Good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good things. Okay? But the principle here is a tree is known by its fruit. Okay? So the symptoms of the spirit of jealousy is murder. We've already said envy, so I already included that. Revenge. Woo. Strife which simply means you love to fight, love to be in contentions and quarreling. Disagreeing just to disagree. <laughs> just because. Ain't no good reason. <laughs> I'm just jealous, so I'm just going to disagree just because you said it. <laughs> Hatred. Okay, and, uh, and I'm going to lump, excuse me, I'm going to lump hatred uh, with murder. I'll show you that in a minute. Extreme competition. Extreme. All right. Now, Genesis chapter 4. Let's go there. Now, remember, a tree is known by the fruit that it's bearing. Okay, trees known by the fruit of the so the so the so the fruit of the spirit of jealousy or the symptoms of the spirit of jealousy is murder, and there we find it there in the story of Cain and Abel. Genesis chapter number four. 
The spirit of jealousy is an ugly, ugly spirit. Genesis chapter 4. I'm going to begin reading there at verse number 1. When you have it, say amen. Reading from the King James Version first, and then I'm going to swap over, switch over into the Amplified because I want to show you something. Verse 1, and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived. And bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, in the course of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth. Of course, that word wroth deals with the word anger. So here it was now that Cain was angry. He was very wroth, very angry, and his countenance fell. He was dealing also with depression. Okay? Spirit of jealousy is on him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? Fallen. And if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lies, lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when, that, when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and did what? And slew him. And then God goes on and on. Now let me go over here to the Amplified. I'm going to pull out there, starting there at verse number 4. And Abel brought, to, brought of the firstborn of his flock and of the fat portions. And the Lord had respect and regard for Abel and for his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no respect or regard. So Cain was exceedingly angry and indignant, and he looked sad and depressed. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why do you look sad and depressed and dejected? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin crouches at your door. It, its desire is for you, but you must master it. Now, let me stop there just for a second and just say this. God says to him, if you handle this right, if you handle this right, you'll be all right. But if you mishandle this moment, this situation, sin is kneeling, crouching at your doorstep. He says, now, you have the power to master it. You can handle it. But he did not manage the moment correctly why? Because we see now that Cain calls him into the field, and the Bible says that he slew, he killed him. He could not get over 
that God did not respect or receive his offering. But he received Abel. There's a lot of factors involved, but let me just give you one. Here is the older brother, his offering not accepted, but the younger one is. That's a whole scenario in and of itself. How come the firstborn has to be rejected? How come the offering of the firstborn has to be rejected? I thought the blessing was on the firstborn. How, God, how are you going to make me look bad? You're going to bless my younger brother and not bless me. You're going to accept his offering and not accept my offering. So in the offering, he took it as if God was rejecting him and not his offering. And there's a deeper study on this that talks about had, had nothing to do with, you know, the, the, the offering that came from the ground, the land, or that which came from a life given. The real issue was a faith issue. That was the real, real issue of the matter. It was a faith issue. But here's the thing. He took it as if God was rejecting him. And here is the... Um, the fruit of jealousy shows up. He slew him. He murdered his brother. He murdered his brother. Okay? Symptom of jealousy. Can we move on a little bit more? Go over to Romans chapter 12. Remember that jealousy deals with resentment. Resentment. Mm, mm, mm. He resented Abel. Cain resented Abel. Abel ain't do nothing to him. Hello? Pardon me for saying ain't. Abel didn't do anything against his brother. He just handled his business from his assignment. And he gave an offering from what he was doing. He did nothing against his brother, Cain, but Cain resented Abel and murdered him. Another thing that is so, that is a, a byproduct of jealousy is revenge. Revenge. It is, a, <laughs> it is the spirit of I'm going to get you back for what you did. Okay? Look at what it says here. In Romans, what did I say, chapter 12? Romans 12, look there, and I, I, I just got to go right to it. Verse, chapter 12, verse number 19. Verse number 19 says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place under wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says who? Says the Lord. Therefore, here's the instruction, if your enemy hungers, what do we do? Feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with what? Good. 
Here's what the scripture is saying here. <clears throat> Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave the way open for God's wrath. Who's wrath? For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, requite, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals upon his head. Do not let yourself be overcome by evil, but overcome or master evil with good. Revenge. Revenge is as a result of an offense that you won't forgive. Unforgiveness. When unforgiveness harbors, revenge lives. When you cannot forgive, you want them to feel the same pain that they inflicted upon you. So they open themselves up to be used to get you back. I want you to feel the pain that you caused me. So it's my responsibility to inflict it on you. Since you did it to me, I'm getting you back. Everybody say revenge. revenge. I'm going to get you back for what you did. You hurt me. So I'm going to get you back. I want you to feel the pain that you caused me. Because you deserve the kind of pain that you gave me. Revenge is nasty because the will of God, God says, mm -mm -mm -mm, do not avenge yourself. I'm the one that pays or compensates or recompense upon the head of a person for what they've done. You don't know how to pay a person correctly for an offense. You don't know how to give the right consequence or the right judgment for an offense because you're going to judge the offense by how it affected you, your, the pain associated with the offense. God will judge it righteously because God, oh man, God disciplines not to murder you, but to turn you. So, so his discipline, God's discipline towards us is done with love because God is a God of mercy. You got to understand that. God is a God of another chance. So to slap God in the face is only to cause God to release more love. Because you don't realize what you've done. <laughs> you don't realize that you've just punched God in his jaw. Because if you knew that you were punching him in his jaw, then you wouldn't hang around, stick around. Because God is stronger than all of us put together throughout generations. 
the strongest punch that every generation can give at one time together, collectively, is doesn't even touch one finger of God. So the vision, the, excuse me, the revenge that comes upon a person is executed by God. Because we don't know how to execute right judgment for deeds done. He says, here's what you do when you're offended. You demonstrate love. Because if they're hungry, here's how you do it. You feed them. In other words, if they have a need, you handle their need. Because in the process, they're going to be feeling the effects of burning coal upon them for what they did to you. And it is love, y'all got to get it, here's a revelation, it is love that releases the fire. I know y'all didn't know fire was in love. When love is released, that's how God flows in. And so when love is released, God reaches his hand of fire and it touches a person like coal to help them to understand, oh God, it shuts them down. I'm telling you, it will shut that person down. It causes that person to realize now what the seriousness of their actions was. And it starts to have an effect on them like burning coals of fire on their head. Their conscience is messed up because in reverse, in retaliation, you release God. You release love on them. That's what you did in retaliation. You released love on them, and out of the love came this fire, which is God. He says, give way to wrath. He says, Scripture says, give way. Paul says, give way to wrath. Allow me to do it. Because while you're trying to inflict pain to hurt them, for the purpose of teaching them a lesson and destroying them, I'm trying to cause, cause them to turn into a greater measure of love. Everybody say revenge. Real ugly, real, real ugly. Revenge only, only survives when unforgiveness is present. Real serious. Real serious. Lastly, go to Genesis 37. Because as I'm talking about murder, and when I mention murder, uh, I'm lumping up in murder uh, the, the hatred. The hatred in it. Um, where did I say it go? Genesis 37. <clears throat> I 
Genesis 37 speaks of, of course, you know the story of Joseph and his brothers. But it says there in verse number one, Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger, the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren, and the lad was with the sons of Billah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was a son of his old age and made him a coat of many colors, favor. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they what? Please highlight that or underline that. They hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. Joseph dreamed the dream and told it to his brethren, and they did what? Hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray thee this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheep arose, also stood upright, and behold, your sheep stood round about and made obeisance, bowed down to my sheep. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they did what? Hated him yet the more for his dreams. So three times we see hatred. They hated him for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream and told his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed the dream more. And, he, and behold, the sun and the moon, mom and dad, and the eleven stars, the brothers made obeisance to me, bowed to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren, and his father rebuked him. Father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy brother, mother, uh, shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? His brethren envied him. What's that word? They did what? Envied him, but his father observed the same. His daddy knew. Daddy was dealing, daddy was going back in his personality. He was having the personality conflict because Israel was Jacob. Israel was Jacob, so he's fluctuating back and forth between being uh, Israel and Jacob. He's going back and forth. Same, same man, but he's going back and forth. The Bible says that Jacob rebuked him, but Israel kept it to the end. So he's going back in his personality. He's having a conflict. He's dealing with schizo. He's going back and forth between the flesh and the spirit right now. His flesh is doing one thing, but the spirit says, I know. <laughs> I know the deal. I really, really know the deal. And look at what it says there. I've got to do it from the Amplified, that last verse, verse number 11. Joseph's brothers envied him and were jealous of him. But his father observed the saying and pondered over it. The story goes on. And as a result of this jealousy that's going on, this envy, this jealousy that's going on, this covetousness that's going on, as a result of this coat of many colors, this favor that's on him, there, there is this, this issue that the brothers are dealing with. They're just having a problem. Bible says at the end of the day, they were jealous of their brother Joseph. As a result, they took him out. You know, they were going to kill him. Said, no, 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 one brother said, no, 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 don't kill him. They threw him in the pit, killed an animal, took the coat back to the father to make the daddy think that, the, that, the, that, uh, that their brother is, got killed, is dead. And you know the story of Joseph. It goes on and on and on. He was sold into slavery and uh, into Egypt, and there he was. Uh, just because of the favor that's on him, you know what I mean? People lying on him. He gets put in jail. He comes out of jail. Just, he just rises to the top. Amen. He becomes second in command under Pharaoh. He becomes a prime minister in Egypt. And he, in turn, at the very end, what God meant for evil. Y'all know the scripture that's up there in the, in the 41st and 42nd chapter of Genesis. As things begin to turn around, those dreams that he had come to pass. 
here it is now, what, God, what, what the devil meant for evil, God made for good. And that here comes uh, uh, Joseph now, famine in the land, brothers come, they're hungry, he feeds them, and the father, he takes care of them because he's over all of the food pantry. So he's a blessing, and he recognizes his brothers, they don't recognize him, then he reintroduces himself after a while to them. Okay, but here's the, the thing. It's, 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 the, it's the whole spirit of jealousy that's in place that causes these brothers to treat him and ostracize him, resent him the way they did. Spirit of jealousy is ugly, okay? Very, very ugly. And the second part of that definition, not only is being resentful, but also deals with this, this being troubled because of a suspicion. It's the power of suspicion that troubles your spirit. Troubles your, troubles not your spirit, but troubles you and your soul. You think somebody's cheating on you. You think your wife's cheating on you. You think your husband's cheating on you. I'll just go ahead and say that because that's one of the scriptures in, in, in the Bible. It talks about the consequence that comes on a person and what can happen, how a person, when they're jealous, can put a person in a bad position because of a suspicion. Cause a woman to get killed over a suspicion because of jealousy. He was just, he was troubled because he's suspicious, scripture says. Then the scripture talks about if he's, if he's right, here's the consequence. The right consequence is death, but if he's wrong, she dies unjustly. Okay? Jealousy is ugly. Spirit of jealousy is ugly. All right? We doing Okay? All right, we will move on to the next number seven. I'll just give it to you. I already gave it to you. Let me give it to you again. We're moving into the spirit of heaviness. Everybody say that. The spirit of heaviness. I'll give you the scripture associated with it that we're going to work, and that is Isaiah 61 and 3, and you know it. That's how we win right there. But that spirit of heaviness, here are the symptoms of the spirit of heaviness. Excessive mourning. Isaiah 61, verse 3. The symptoms of the spirit of heaviness is excessive mourning or, or just perpetual grief and sorrow. Another symptom of the spirit of heaviness is a broken heart. Another symptom is suicide or suicidal, excuse me, suicidal. Of course, if, it's, if a person is suicidal, they're dealing with depression. Two last things I'll give you just as symptoms, and we'll get to them. Hopelessness or despair. That's a, that's a feeling of ambivalence. The walls are caving in, closing in on you, can't get out. Okay? Despair or hopelessness. And then the last one is self-pity. self-pity. Okay? That's that next door that we're going to deal with, the spirit of heaviness. And after we deal with the spirit of heaviness, we'll probably go into the spirit of haughtiness. <laughs> Haughtiness. Heaviness and then haughtiness. These are all doors, I'm telling you. All right? 
And if we're infected with these, these diseases,